right. Welcome, Emily. How's it going? How are you? Good. So for the listeners, I'm joined by Emily Stanton today. She is a five-time author and Mm -hmm. owner of the Christ Living Wife Instagram page. Did I get that right? Yeah. Oh, well, Christ Loving Wife. Yeah. Christ Loving Wife. So you can find her at Christ Loving Wife on Instagram and we'll go over her book a little bit at the end. What's new? Not a whole lot. We, this is our first day back home. Last weekend, we were at a wedding in South Carolina and that was a really beautiful time to get to see old friends and um, Asaph's first time. Well, actually, technically his second time at his wedding, but first time he was aware enough that there was a wedding going on. And sure. it, yeah, it was a really beautiful day. Asaph ended up starting yelling get during the middle of the ceremony because he heard a dog barking and he's used to yelling at dogs saying get. So I had to take him out of the wedding because he wouldn't stop. But, um, but yeah, it was a really great weekend. And now just starting to get back into the groove of things. Sweet. And I understand you got your author's copy. Is that correct? Yeah, I did. Yep. I got them all. Um, apparently at some point in the time when we were in South Carolina, cause we came back home and had the box. So yeah. Waiting for you ready at the door. <laughs> yeah, I was really, I was really glad it was actually a few days early. So that's always nice. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I do want to talk a little bit about your book at the end. If mm-hmm. you had to break down what your three pillars are, what would you say they are? Yes. So for my page, I touch mainly on homemaking, on being a godly wife and mother, and marriage. I try and have my specific niche on my page just so people know what they're coming for, what they're going to be getting. But I like to branch out rather than just focusing just on homemaking. I It's helpful for me when I'm creating content to have my more inspirational stuff, the beautiful baking and decorating that's something that I find a lot of art and joy in doing, but I also have a strong passion and desire to speak truth to ladies, to remind them of scripture, of how scripture is to impact us, because I heard a quote actually recently, and I'm not going to quote it directly, I don't even remember who had said it, but they had said that your content on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook isn't going to change the world, but your holiness will. So having homemaking content is a great way to make those connections with ladies and to bring them into my page. But then having discussions of how to be more holy wives and mothers is going to actually be what changes because I don't want my page just to be for a distraction from their daily Mm -hmm. life. I want it to be something that points to Christ and motivates them to be growing as wives and mothers in the best way that they can. So I like having that balance. So when it comes to the theology, I don't speak on um, like first or secondary matters. I speak on denominations or Mm -hmm. on end times, stuff like that. I don't speak on that type of theology. I target scripture that is a challenge to specifically, I go into what are things that have been challenging me. I don't tend to do well at writing at random things that Mm. might encourage other people. I try that every now and then if I have a specific request, sometimes message me, can you please speak on this topic? And I will do my best, but I write the most passionately and fluently if it's something I'm currently or have just gone through 
Or okay. sometimes if I know I have a specific sin issue, like if I'm treating my husband a certain mm-hmm. way, I will actually write a post about it because then it convicts me <laughs> when I'm acting yeah. a certain way with him. Um, so sometimes it's like past things that I've grown in or something I want to grow in. I'll write about it. So in that way it can kind of, um, be a little kick in the butt when I don't do what I want to do. (laughs) And your page is absolutely beautiful. What got you into it to begin with? How did you start? What encouraged you and what did you want to put out there? Yeah. So I actually, when I was pregnant with ASAF, I ended up needing to quit my job because I had morning Mm -hmm. sickness really bad and I had blood pressure issues. So I was in and out of the hospital and needed to just stay home and rest um, majority of the first and second trimester. So during that time, I ended up following a vlogger on YouTube. Her name was Sarah Therese. She's a Christian. uh, Well, she used to be on YouTube more. Now she's more just on Instagram. But I used to go through all of her videos and just really enjoyed her content of just making something beautiful, but also pointing to Christ in it. Mm-hmm. So she was, her content was mainly homemaking. She didn't have the side of um, like scripture based encouraging, but she would tie in uh, her Christian walk with it. And I was just really mesmerized. That was my first time encountering a online influencer per se. I never was on social media much. So I never came across people actually doing that. And I thought it was really fun and encouraging. And so at first I tried vlogging and that was absolutely not my style. I'm not the kind of person that can just talk into a camera, like look at my day. Um, So that was really awkward and I didn't do that. I tried doing an online blog. So I set up a blog website and would write short, encouraging things. I would have guest writers on and that only lasted a few months. It but that also just didn't seem to hit quite right. Mm-hmm. So I started actually this September was two years since I started a Christ living life. And my purpose at the time of starting it was not to be an influencer. It was actually just a place to put my recipes because I was so tired of like looking through my phone or my mm-hmm. uh, recipe books for what I wanted. So I would post a picture of what I made and then on the and the caption would be my recipe for how to do it. So it was a quick access. But then some people started following it. So I was like, this is pretty cool. This is not what my intended purpose was. So maybe I'll try and branch out a little bit. So then I tried talking about other homemaking stuff. And that was really fun. And it brought in a following, but it wasn't really passionate enough for me. So that's when I started incorporating the two. Um, it's really just two main pillars of just homemaking and uh, being a godly wife and mother. So I started that and my goal was to someday, I was thinking maybe five, 10 years down the road, I don't know, someday hit 2000 followers. And that happened within, well, actually my page didn't really take off till this past year because I think April of last year was when I hit, hit my first 100. Um, or just 100 followers. And then since then things have progressed. And I think as I've continued to do it, I've relaxed a lot more and I don't worry about what people think of what I'm either going to say or about how pretty the content is. I've kind of just gotten to the point where here's a picture there, here's a picture there for my stories. And then when it comes to my actual content is if I believe it's true, I will post it and I'll post it with grace. I'm not going to just post it and be dogmatic and rude to people but I'll post it boldly with grace. And then when it comes to my homemaking content, 
if it's something that I think is beautiful and if it's something that I enjoy taking the videos and editing and posting, then that's good enough. So, awesome. but yeah. Your story is really beautiful, how you guys started out. And if someone is young in high school or just graduating college, what kind of inspiration or words of insight would you give them? So I would, I guess to share from where we were at, where I was at in high school and college, and then share after that what I would encourage other women to do. When I was in high school, I wanted to wait through college. I wanted to just focus on my studies, maybe do missions after that for a time because I was going to a missions training school. And I wanted to maybe find a husband like five or plus years down the road because I wanted to do the kingdom work first. <laughs> and when I was in college was when I had met my now husband, Will. And he was, he's a little bit older than me and he was in his senior semester. So he was ready to graduate and get married and settle down. And I had reached out to a few people that I had respected and I had asked them, what do you think about me getting married so young? What do you think about if we were to start dating stuff like that? And I had a number of people discouraging me against it. And not all of it was actually for missions or ministry. A lot of it was you got to live your life. Um, why don't you wait to get married? And why don't you do some traveling first? Why don't you wait to get married and have these fun adventures first? Or maybe you want to do something after college. Like you need to have that freedom to do that. And I was really conflicted for a time because I thought, wow, yeah, once I get married. Oh, and that was another thing. I had a lot of people tell me, oh, just wait. Once you get married, you can't just go out with the evening with the girls Oh, just wait. Once you have kids, then you're never going to have alone time with your husband and you're just never going to be able to connect. I was freaked out. <laughs> there are so many people who would talk to me like that. And I guess from there, I would encourage and implore young ladies in high school or in college that think, well, everybody else my age is out partying and having fun and traveling. I don't want to settle down. Look, when you get married young, I got married at 19, just a year out of high school, you get to share those adventures with somebody. Mm -hmm. It's so much more special to be able to look back on those traveling, on those adventures, on those mile marker moments in your life. You know, you're just entering an adulthood season. It's so much more beautiful to have a spouse that 20, 30 years down the road, you can look back on and be like, do you remember that trip? Do you remember when I first got my credit card or things like that, you know? The chances of you having that same close friendship with that girlfriend of yours, even just 10 years or five years mm -hmm. down the road, is really, really, really unlikely. It's not probable. And you might still be acquaintances and be able to chit chat, but you're not going to have that same bond and connection that you did when you were single. That's just not how God created it. So how much more special to have your husband who that bond is literally just going to intensify more and more over time. So I would encourage young women, don't be fearful of being tied down. People only feel tied down because they allow themselves to feel that way. I mean, just look at the last two weeks. I had so many people tell me, you know, once you get married, you're not going to be able to travel as much. Or once you have kids, you're not going to be able to travel as much. I think in the last week and a half, we spent like 30 hours in the car with our kids traveling around, stopping at waterfalls on the way to our, our pinpoints that we wanted to get to because we could because we enjoy it and we want to create these memories with our kids 
And that was so much more beautiful than if I was just to go there alone or just go with a girlfriend because I'm creating those core memories for the rest of my life. Um, and I think another point that I would share is when you get into a habit of being single for a long time, it's only going to make it more difficult to transition into marriage because you have that rhythm. When you are married and you want to wait years and years to have kids, you're not going to be able to transition as well as if you just allowed yourself to have kids earlier on. There, I think... I think another point, I'm sorry, I feel like I'm jumping around. There's so many thoughts on this that I really enjoy talking about, but I, I want to be gracious with time and not go too far into details. Um, but I think one last thing I would like to say is that when we have gone on dates with our kids, and not to say that there's not a specialness of when we get a time alone, that's definitely beautiful and healthy for a marriage. But we said early on when we had kids that we're not going to idolize once a week, we need to get out away from the kids or once a month, we need to get out away from the kids. I think a lot of marriages make that the idol. And then when they don't get it, they train their affections to think that their marriage is failing. They train their affections to think we're not getting as connected because we don't have this time alone. So we've brought our kids on dates with this. And honestly, it makes her a lot more laughter there's a lot more funny things. Sure. There's a lot more struggles. I'm not trying to say it's only rainbows, but it does make it more connected in a sense that you have your babies there. You know, you have what your love has made is right there with you. And you don't always have to have these crazy adventures when you're single or in the early stages of being married to feel connected. But I would, I mean, I would challenge you to drill into that because your routine when you wait, is shifted your role as a woman is shifted your whole body shifts when you have a little one Mm -hmm. the earlier you have your babies the more able your body is to adjust the earlier you have babies in your marriage the more easily you are to adjust and then the earlier you invite your you know uh man into your life to be your husband and you say yes you know, the easier it's going to be to adjust that routine as moving from yeah. a single person to a, a married person or a mother. Yeah. Was it you who was sharing with me last week? It was somebody who had shared it with me and then I shared it with my husband because I thought it was cool, but that age 19 or something, was that you who would share that? Yeah. My girlfriend has a friend in the NICU and she said the woman's body is most prepared to recover and um, you know, to be healthy when we're 19. That's so cool. (laughs) Any verses that came at that time or stood out to you that helped guide you or or what brought you to that path? Do you actually mind if I just read the few verses and then I can, okay. So I'll actually go back to Romans 12. I'll start in nine and then go to 13. So it says, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. So a few points in there that really challenged me as an early wife 
I think would be one right in verse 10 where it says um, to outdo one another in showing honor. It was beneficial for me to remember to even, I guess, cross-referencing into Philippians 2 where it says, um, look out to one another's interest above your own, to have the mind of Christ, to be a servant. Um, it says in Philippians 2 as well, to um, view one another highly more than yourselves. So just that concept of choosing in my mind to outdo my husband in honor, to not consider how I want to feel, but consider how can I bless him to look outward, not inward. Um, I think it's also really important for people in their early marriage to where it says, um, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. It's really, really vital for someone in their early marriage or in the beginning of having kids. I mean, in any season, but specifically here to contribute to the needs of the saints and that you are faithful in weekly worship with the brethren, that you are going to church, not just to be fed, but to seek to contribute to their well-being, to seek to um, spur them on in their faith. So you are not just being fixed on your own marriage. How can my marriage be the best marriage? You're seeking to encourage others. And then when it says seek to show hospitality, I think it's really important for um, young couples to invite other people into their homes so that there is that that fellowship there is that community that you are growing early on um and then when it says abhor what is evil and hold fast to what is good that also is talked about in first corinthians 13 where it talks about um do not rejoice with wrongdoing but rejoice with the truth rejoice with what is good and i think it's important in your early marriage there's going to be a lot of hiccups. <laughs> you know, you're just learning to live with somebody for the first time. You're just learning the roles of submitting and respecting and leading. And you, even when you're just having kids, there's going to be a lot of hiccups there of how do you balance um, investing in your kids and investing in your husband and investing in other people. So there's going to be a lot of hiccups, but don't dwell on the hiccups. Don't dwell on how hard it is. Don't dwell on um, even the sins of your spouse or the difficulties of your children. No, instead rejoice with what is truth. Rejoice in what you do have. Don't look at what it could have been if you were single or if you didn't have kids yet. No, rejoice with what is good um, and hold fast to it. So, yeah, I think that passage was probably the most that I could bring out for, there's a lot of different points in those verses that I had shared, but I think a lot of those points are really um all encompassing yeah that's beautiful thank you Amanda. yeah thanks for asking your, your little one's starting to rouse is there anything <laughs> any final words you want to give around your book what inspired you and a little bit about what the listeners can expect when they buy a copy um so yeah the most recent book that i had just published and just released on my Instagram page is called Gardening the Heart, Rooted in Christ and Bearing His Fruit. It's a nine chapter study on the fruits of the spirit. So each fruit is a chapter. And I dive into what that is to look like for every Christian woman in her daily life. So you don't have to be a mother or a wife to read it. It's really for any Christian woman. It can apply in any season because I share also stories from different seasons of my life. But 
think this book was, this book has definitely been the longest out of, well, longest in pages, but also the longest in writing because I did a lot of studying with it, but it also was probably the most heartfelt book I would say so far because I wrote things that I was growing in in the moment. And that was definitely God ordained and how he had allowed for certain trials or for certain um, spaces that I needed to grow in was like the same week or month that I was writing on that chapter. And I didn't write the chapters in order. I would typically write a chapter based off of what I was learning in that season. Um, And my hope and my prayer for the ladies who are reading it is that it would speak to maybe certain areas of their life that they need, they know they need to grow in, or maybe the areas that they didn't see that they were lacking in. Um, because I do an in-depth study on each fruit of the spirit, what the, um, core Greek word was in the beginning. And then I share of how there are misconceptions of how we don't think we struggle with those and then point out ways that we do actually need to grow in those areas. And then the rest, the main chunk of the chapter is diving into um, what does other scripture in the Bible point to this? How how can we take the entirety of the scripture to grow in this one fruit of the spirit? And then at the end of each chapter is a list of questions in case people want to either just evaluate it for themselves or maybe use it as a Bible study guide. Um, it kind of is up to the reader and what they would like to use it for. Awesome. Spur one another on to good deeds. Yes. Thank you, Emily. We will have a link to buy your book in the show notes. And I appreciate this time with you. I really, I think your story is beautiful. There's purpose in the pain. And I know there's a lot to be garnished from these conversations. And I appreciate you for giving us your a little bit of inspiration and a lot of good words. And hopefully we can have you on another week. Thank you so much for having me on here.